ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to King of the Ride podcast. I'm your host today and always, Ted King here, welcoming you to a very special episode, a Dirty Kansas episode. Let's call this one the Dirty Kansas Day After Pod. Our guest today, Leland Danes. Now in its 34th edition, Leland is our first two-time guest of the show. 34th edition of King of the Ride Pod, 14th edition of Dirty Kanza. Longtime listeners might say, Hark, Ted, you've had Jim Merthew on the show twice. True, although I hosted Jim on his first episode, and the second time around, we had a little role reversal with interview the interviewer, and Jim was interviewing me. So I was actually the guest on the episode. Leland, of course, is one of the co-owners co-promoters of Dirty Kanza Promotions, the big daddy, the granddaddy of gravel racing. Much like the day after a wedding where the happy couple is gallivanting off to their honeymoon, much of the wedding party and guests stick around and bask in some last-minute merriment. They are underslept and overserved, but still happy to be up and at them. They are itching for the first cup of coffee or Bloody Mary come that Sunday morning. The brain isn't yet firing on all cylinders, but everyone is having a good time. That, my friends, is the day after Dirty Kanza. That is what is becoming a DK tradition as we mosey over across the street from Gravel City right there on Commercial Street in downtown Emporia to Mulready's, the local watering hole. Much like cheers, friendly faces walk in and out the door, a nod, a handshake, a casual conversation strikes up about how the previous day transpired. As you'll hear in this episode, there are some very good shenanigans, one in particular that goes down that will certainly be enhanced by visual reference. Just head over to the YouTube link in the show notes for that bit of mm, sweet, friendly competition between me and Leland. Also, the birds chirping in this episode in the background, they come courtesy of the birds chirping right over our shoulders in the Mulready's back patio. Do not adjust your sound. Just call it the most musical white noise KOTR has ever had. Let's get down to brass tacks real quick. Dirty Kanza. I won't go into too many details right now because we do chip away at it in this convivial conversation. Suffice it to say, 2019, Dirty Kanza was hard. It was a supremely slow addition thanks to the deep stones, the the rain and and heavy precipitation they've had throughout the spring and very hot exposure. But that was coupled with the horsepower, world tour horsepower, the the pedantic perfectionist approach that riders are now taking. It actually made for the fastest DK in history with Colin Strickland sneaking in just under 10 hours. Huge congratulations goes out to him. I wouldn't be honest if I said I didn't want that top step on the podium, but that's what makes it fun. I'm ready to go back. The Grode to Kanza was a different lead-up than I've ever had before. Busier than ever, less riding than ever, as I'm, I'm diversifying myself with the Vermont lifestyle. More skiing, hiking, snowshoeing. More self-supported fat biking in northern Canada in February. More shoveling, more home ownership tasks. As I've moved east, the Grode, my friends, the Grode will continue this episode comes amid a very nice respite from racing. I need a little R&R. And we'll pick back up in late June, headed to Italy with Ngamba. Tour X New England in summer is a staple 
With my very good friends Bruce and Colin, I'll shift back into competition mode with the Rift in Iceland in late July. Of course, rooted Vermont in early August. I'll suffer through Leadville the following week. And then SBT, GRVL in Steamboat. Steamboat Gravel, that is a big target for midsummer. That's going to be a lot of fun in Colorado. Vermont Overland is always a highlight. And then King Challenge is a season-ending ride on October 19th this year. KingChallenge.org. Please check out that ride. Now in our ninth edition? Yeah, ninth edition. And heck, by October, it's nearly back to Vermont hibernation. I will not take any more of your time. Thanks very much for listening, folks. Please enjoy today's episode with Leland Danes. Well, folks, at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday, June 2nd, that means it is the day after DK 2019, the 14th edition and I am privileged enough to sit down with uh, Leland Danes, who is, if I'm not mistaken, the first guest to appear twice on the King of the Ride podcast. Leland Danes, thanks for sitting down with me. Whoa. Whoa. First to appear twice. That's, it feels uh, like a big deal and even an honor. Uh-huh. I uh, thank you for that. Well, I'm honored to sit down. I'm honored to be at your event, at this event, DK... Dirty Kanza. Formerly, did you ever call it DK200? Yeah, yeah. Once upon a time, there was only a 200. It was only DK200. Uh-huh. And so I think there's still a little bit of remnants of um, trying to move from DK200 to just simply DK. Mm-hmm. But um, you can, you know, if you're referring to that distance, you can say DK200. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just Dirty Kanza. I like it. Um, are you seeing... The hashtags for the various groups, the DK50, DK100, DKXL? Not so much. Okay. And I don't know that we've we've done the work to try to instigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, got, um, we've got a little work to do on branding, probably in that respect, because I think every individual distance um, deserves uh, a great amount of respect for anyone that toes the lines because I really believe that everyone is signing up for the distance that does push their limits and mm-hmm. so they should be very proud of that. I agree. Well, it does all conveniently fit under the hashtag of Dirty Kanza or DK. Correct. So Correct. It all, it's all an uplifting It reaches party. a wider audience. Indeed. So, we'll just say DK. Uh, we just wrapped up the award ceremony. Yes. Um, which started at 8 o'clock. <clears throat> I, um, I rolled in a little bit after I was, after it had begun, but I'm like, I'd said it to Ansel this morning, okay, I don't want to be the jerk who doesn't show up at the award ceremony, forgetting that I am due an award. I'm an age grouper, ladies and gentlemen, first in the men's 35 to 39, very proud of that. I am exceedingly embarrassed to have missed my my (laughs) podium. Well, folks, um, I I think they should pile on the embarrassment because this was live streamed. (laughs) via our Facebook page. Oh, Lord. And uh, as you know, live streams uh, live on Facebook in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be in the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And you're not alone. I guess, I guess I'll give you that if there's a little bit of an out. Um, Misery loves company. The entire top five uh, male overall podium was empty. The entire top five women's uh, overall podium was present. Okay. Um, okay. So I think we should make note of that. Okay. Uh, maybe address that kind of situation. Well, 
And I speak very highly of the podium. Uh, Olivia Dillon, who I believe finished fifth in the women's, saw her at about 11.30 last night while we were taking in all the festivities. And I was just like, ah, how important is this, uh, how important is this event? How important is the, the, the podium? And I'm like, absolutely go. It's awesome. I said, we pack the theater. And, and she's like, there's no way you guys pack a theater at 8 a.m. on Sunday. So no, I guarantee they'll pack the theater. We're freaking standing room only. So, yep, hats off to the women who showed up in force. Uh, shame on us, the men who did not. Whoops. Well, only a moderate amount of shame. Look, I like to I like <laughs> to dish out the razzing, but the reality is, is um, I respect folks, uh, their time, their schedule. I know folks have or. Uh, trying to get flights early in the morning. Um, that was relayed to us. Um, even Colin, you know, our, our men's overall champion, he came in at the 11th hour, so to speak, of the award ceremony and was able to receive his buckle and was um, very apologetic. So I know it, it's known to me that this is important to you guys. Indeed. Life gets in the way sometimes. If I were honest, I have missed an appointment or two myself. Shame on On a you. rare, <laughs> rare case. But So speaking of schedules... Um, now that it is a hair after 9.30, and you probably were up till about after 3 a.m. last night. What time did you go to bed last night? Uh, I didn't. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so um, I was up probably at 2.30, uh, properly awake by 2.30 on Saturday morning. Okay. And that was the last time. Race day. Race day, Saturday morning. Uh, mm -hmm. That was more than 24 hours ago. And so that was the last time I slept. Mm -hmm. You're but wearing I bling as we speak. Is this what you call party like a rock star? <sighs> Yeah, you gotta get, um, <laughs> you gotta let it be known. Yeah, and you guys are listening, so you're not seeing what's happening here. Oh my god! Show it to the camera. What? What up? We got some, we got some shades up in the, his house. Are now, these, now all are you these listeners need to. Um, this will appear somewhere on the internet, much like a a, a Facebook live video that lives in perpetuity. Then, so, uh, then the are viewers you tired? know. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I'm exhausted. Is it, do you get like that, that punch drunk stir crazy where you're like, okay, yeah, my body nerves, doesn't know what's happening right now? The nerves are a little jittery. Okay. Uh, all, to be honest, I, I used to try to sleep um, at that at that transition time, but I'd get an hour and a half to two hours tops and I'd feel worse. Yeah. yeah. I would just feel like a wreck, a groggy mess. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was no good. It feels better to stay up. It really does because you do catch that second wind, and I guess when you're trying to sleep one to two hours, you don't get the that wind in your sails. So stay Excellent. up, kids. Just stay up. Just stay up. Just just, and you don't drink coffee. We have coffee on order coming here shortly. Yeah, that would probably be the straw that breaks the camel's back. If you had coffee, at which point you're trying to stay awake, that's where you come crashing down. Yeah. Well, overall, uh, you know, we got some nice overcast skies here today. It's about 70 degrees. At this point yesterday, I think it was probably mid-80s with a high of 92. I would characterize yesterday's race as extremely hot, which is doubly interesting because the forecast throughout the week was for pretty damp conditions, probably wet, probably stormy, and low 80s. It ends up yeah. being 92. Um, so the heat, the elements were a huge factor. Every year there is something that, that is going to mix up the race and keep it interesting and dynamic and unique. You guys threw the race on its head by going to the north. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the first time you've done that. I will correct you because you're wrong. Okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> we have gone north before. Uh, the very first Dirty Cans actually departed town to the north. That was probably the last time we departed to the north. Okay. But we have left to the south 
uh, cut a hard right over west to Cottonwood Falls and then up to the area you are in. So okay. Alma and Eskridge, um, that area, Council Grove, of course, Alma Eskridge, that has been used before on 200-mile courses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say this, this is the first time that we have lined up facing north and utilized those towns. So it was a very unique course, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was very new terrain for a lot of folks. And if you haven't been there in the last uh, eight years now, or six, six, seven, eight years is probably the last time we we're up in that area. So very, very new for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And then even if you have ridden in the area, given how much rain has fallen in this in this region, and quite frankly in the United States, over the past six-plus months, you probably wouldn't recognize it to begin with. Um, I mean, it was to- so torn up, so water ravaged. Even you see it at the in the finale where, you know, knee-high by the 4th of July, that's how you characterize your corn. There's still mud flats where they're typically cornfields. Um, so the, the heat and the exposure was one thing, and the course was torn up. This was a tough, dirty Kansas. So, so I know it's a struggle every year, given the difficulty. Every time I ask you post-event, um, are you, you know, you coming back? And, and I probably don't ask you that as much anymore. And it's, you're always like, well, you know, I have a great time, but man, this is hard. Yeah. But specifically as it relates to the course, I know you're a capable man on two wheels, <laughs> but uh, is, is being on that kind of rough terrain, is that really, where does that rank in road services you'd like to be playing on? Uh well, to call a spade a spade, I'd, I'd rank it low. That was that was a doozy. <laughs> um, there are times where you're slogging up, you know, a fairly steep pitch. As as folks who have never ridden in Kansas don't know, it's not flat. Uh, we true. climbed over eleven thousand feet yesterday. Sure, over two hundred miles, but it's all condensed to the middle portion and it's steep and it's loose and you're doing 450, 500 Watts and just spinning up rocks. And it's, it's, it's deep and freaking brutal. Yeah. I'm still in the, uh, am I actually going to come back next year? Unfortunately, or fortunately next year I'm due for a thousand mile grail, which I would be very proud to receive so long as I finish it. Um, yeah, there's some questioning moments going on. So, and I'm living, I live my own advice. I tell every person who asks me advice, I'm like, somewhere between a mile 140 and 180, you're going to go to a dark, dark, dark place. Yeah. And I would lived in a very dark place for those <laughs> full 40 miles. Well, it doesn't get easier, right? Just faster. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they say, you know, I was worried. I looked on your Strava profile and you've got about 38,000 followers. Okay. And you only follow about 400 people. Uh-huh, go on. And I was thinking, oh, you know, Ted's not, uh, he's not out there supporting people on Strava. Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> yesterday I followed four people, including Charlie Hughes uh, and a handful of his friends. They, char- the, the high school winner last year was, we drove back to Lawrence together last year and he was, He's like, will you follow me on Strava? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I followed him on Strava. He, he, today, a year later, came back to me and he's like, oh man, every time I see anybody and talk about Strava, I brag that Ted King follows me. I follow everybody who asks. <laughs> I mean, everybody who asks and I know, that's the big qualifier. Well, if you're purely going to ask me to follow, it's like, I don't actually know you. Um, well, you're not following me, although my accounts uh, has not seen a lot of activity recently. I like how you're so, doing due I, diligence. I don't, need a, I don't need a follow, Ted. It's coming. All right. It's it's embarrassing. 
So I have some I have some follow up questions from uh, last year's interview. Okay. Um, I, I did a re listen, uh-huh. refresh my memory on what all was discussed. It got a little sorted at times. Um, but the subject of Casey's pizza came up. Yes. And you were tasked with um, with trying Casey's pizza. Was that, I? Yes. I have re listened that podcast also, not within the past few days and weeks. Ah. Uh. It came up when I did a podcast with Bobby Wintel. Yes. Um, I have not had a Casey's pizza. Yeah. Well, that was that's what I was gonna figure. Shoot. Well, yeah. we're in town all day today. Is there a Casey's in town? You better believe it. All right. There are two, three. There are three Casey's in Emporia. We were talking about the institutions that are Emporian. This is a Midwest institution for uh, bike ride grub. Okay. Casa Ramos. Oh yes, Mulready's, where which we upon which we sit right now, uh, Gravel City, and Casey's has been added to the list. Radius is on there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your Emporian institutions? Have I said those? You've covered them. Um, I had a great. Uh, we had we had a handful of really good tacos at uh, uh, El Miramar. Yeah, is that the name of it? Marmol. Marmol. Yeah, delicioso. I had claro a, que sí. I had dos. Um, lengua burritos mm. over the, my pre-race. They were delightful. You had lengua? Yeah. I nice. love some tongue. <laughs> no lie. When there's <laughs> tongue in the menu, order it, folks. It's it's like the, the most succulent, delicious meat out there. My goodness. Thank you, cows, for... <laughs> <laughs> Making the ultimate sacrifice. Indeed. Um, yeah. Do you have any other brain buster questions? <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, you know, I was... Uh, Reviewing your Wikipedia page, and it uh, it only references 2018 Dirty Cans a winner. Okay. Um, last I checked, there was also a 2016 victory in there. That is true. I I think you need to keep up to date with this kind of stuff. <sighs> Wikipedia is such a strange thing. Um, okay, excellent. I will, if I'm not mistaken, I can go online and, and chime in with all sorts of sordid details of my life. Okay, on it. So uh, yes, I have finished first place twice. I finished about seventh place once. I finished eighth place yesterday, which was kind of sad because the group of us—I was in sixth, and then and I was soft pedaling the finish and get caught by Keel Reinen and Josh Berry with four miles to go, and they're they're like, "Okay, we were going to cross the line and high five together." I'm like, "Oh, cool, can I join?" And so we crossed the line high fiving, but they both did bike throws. <laughs> Pimping me for sixth place. Uh, you got half-willed I at the finish. Like, no lie. You know when you talk about that, you're like, oh, let's hold hands across the line. Inevitably, the last 100 meters, you're suddenly going four miles an hour faster. It's like, what in the heck? Come on, guys. Well, so two wins, mm-hmm. a seventh, and, and technically an eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Hughes mm-hmm. uh, is a four-time king of Kansas. Yes, he is. As uh, is Rebecca Rush. As is, I, I think Rebecca's got three. Oh. Yeah, the viewers need to fact check us on that. And she's got an XL. What I was going to say is, well, actually, I said what I meant to say, but maybe when I first learned it, they were the only multi-time winners. This is correct. Okay. Yeah, and records are meant to be broken. Rebecca Um, actually just texted me and said, how'd the race go? And I'm going to say, She missed out on the action this weekend. Indeed. Rebecca, Reba. I was hoping uh, that when when I asked this question, you'd have a third victory, and I could... uh, Pose the question of would there be um, aspirations of tying 
four victories at Dirty Kansas, mm-hmm. but still with two. Mm-hmm. Is that something you think about? I do. Dan and Rebecca were instrumental in bringing me to Kansas the first time, 2016. They were very helpful in explaining the format and of what you should do at the pit stops and, and you know the durability of tires and what you should bring on the ride and so forth. They are both icons in the DK world. Rightfully um, so. Very rightfully so. And I, it has crossed my mind. You know, I came in with very high aspirations this year. I would have loved to win, at which point I have three, and certainly I'd like to go for four. I don't think I'd want to go for five. Dan is, um, Dan is the man. Dan Hughes podcast. Also, go check that one out. Um, yeah, it would be very cool to to have the same number of wins as Dan Hughes, who is a icon in in gravel racing it would surely be an honor so that means you've got uh, at least two more dirty cans of 200s in you woof yeah so i'm due for the thousand mile grail next year if i am to come back next year i think the the xl is piquing my interest although laura is out on a ride as we speak and she just got passed by somebody who was wrapping up so we're marking about 40 hours of racing maybe a little bit less 30 38 hours of racing that is a beast of a ride. Would you want to do it? it no. I thought it was a deep, uh, I thought it was 350 miles. They said 339. So there were some reroutes. Are you shortchanging um, folks? They they did not feel shortchanged. Uh-huh. Um but uh, we did have to reroute some uh, some of the roads. Hot route, hot route. And um, they did end up doing 10 miles shorter. Okay. Um, but I think the finish rate was still only around 50%. And, yes, uh, brutal. Okay, this is... Time out. We're getting a special delivery. Is that maple syrup? Is it yeah. fake maple? Are we no. chugging maple? Yes. Are we having a... Oh, my God. This is... Uh, this was the, the highlight here. I don't know if I feel you okay were, with this. You were bested in the, uh, in the bike race yesterday. I can't drink that much. Oh. And you are a connoisseur of maple syrup, even a purveyor of maple syrup. This is your, your very real. own untapped maple syrup. I love maple syrup. I love maple syrup. Yeah. Well, here, here. Okay, go on. Well, um, there's an added incentive here. Um, Treva, as you know, our athlete services manager. Yes. um, She she mentioned to me that she thought she had a beautiful name. Yes. And so she thought that uh, if I could issue a challenge to you uh, in a winner-take-all chug fest of untapped maple syrup, that you would then agree to name the firstborn Treva. <laughs> that is the award if I win this? No, that's my award if I win this. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice mine has an extra half ounce, quarter ounce. I think. Uh, are you in? Are you going to do this? Yeah. This is. The trouble is, okay, we each have. Do you want to start with a sip? Because it's so good. I don't want to ruin a. Oh, I can take this down. <laughs> okay. I hadn't considered what uh, what the prize would be if you win. You, you've got time to think of that. And, I want um, I want a belt buckle, maybe maple with <laughs> a big fat maple syrup on it. Um, of course, you. This is these are loose terms. There's no contractual obligations. Naturally. A challenge is a challenge. This All right. Is, I mean, the, the challenge is, is happening. Okay. Rules. Chug down. Chug yeah. on your head. Can I take my hat off before? No, we're gonna okay, have to just, chug it and just put down. it down. Oh my god! All right. Oh my god! Mic down. Mic up. Mic up. 
I'm going to be right there. They're going to get the gulping. All right, Super Troopers, this is for you. You better drink yours. I'm not... All right. All right. This is not a, a prank. <laughs> I'm going to finish it. I got... Um, I got smoked. I've never lost a chugging competition. <laughs> no, I've never lost a shotgun competition. That goes down good. Damn it, Tim. It wasn't my idea. That <laughs> was not my idea. Was this your idea or Treva's? This was my idea. <sighs> oh, I feel, let's do another 24 hours. Let's line it up again. This is going to be fascinating. I'm ready to go. You know, maple syrup's low glycemic, so your insulin is not going to spike after that episode. I wanted to give you the opportunity to... Um... Oh, brother. Wow. That just happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. You would never do that with something with corn syrup Dang and be it. like, that's good. I told Treva I was confident. That's it, folks. I thought I'd take on the master. That is delicious. I got the shakes now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, okay. to our fair listeners, make sure you go online and watch that. Oh, because, my goodness. Um, with due respect to my competition here, I wow. think I won by a, a sizable margin. That was a sub-10 hour. It was a hour. gulp or two. Oh, my God. All right. I was, I was in the arena. I was, on, I was in the velodrome. You might have been on coming you across took some laps. Line, yeah, <laughs> I laughed here a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that challenge. That was delightful. That's our oh, first maple man. syrup chugging competition on King of the Ride. Back to the drawing board on this one. And my streak continues. There is, um, <clears throat> there's something I really want to get into with you here, though. Okay. Um, you have, um, I mean, you're obviously still riding at a very, very high level. Okay. Um, but you're now jumping into the uh, promotion game. Ah, yes. And um, as I understand it, <clears throat> at Rooted Vermont, as of tomorrow, there will be another 100 spots available. Is that correct information? That is correct. At 3, no, sorry, June 3rd at 10 a.m. Eastern, this podcast will not, will already be live. Yes? Oh, okay. Was that the question? Uh, <laughs> so, yes, there will be spots available. Now, what I really want to know is, have you been coming to Dirty Kansas with the sole agenda of copying everything that we do in order to run your own successful event? Well, it worked for Bobby. Bobby <laughs> Wintel has taken a page out of Land Run, including the literal page that is your Bible, your race Bible, which is something I wanted to ask you about. Can we steal your race Bible? Actually, no, it would be, it would be fitting if... If that were the case, because is that correct? Bobby effectively took your race Bible. Uh, paraphrase. And then Laura has reached out, not reached out. She has done a little bit of research and found some race Bibles, including that of Land Run, and um, has a, a slightly revised version of that. It's it's tough. And, it, and you and I mentioned it off mic recently. You know, you want the core in the the the... My brain's not working. It's all hyped up on sugar. Um, you want the, the essence of gravel to be rule-less, but then we just live in anarchy. Um, so I appreciate the don't be lame rule. Yeah. I just don't understand why don't be lame hasn't been extended to arrow bars because arrow bars are lame. Okay. So you're at your... Yeah. 
Yeah, you're you're of the camp of they're allowed, so maybe I'll use them as you have in the past. But I'm in the okay. camp of they're lame. This so. is this is something we're going to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, as you know, as a race promoter, we take these uh, types of suggestions seriously. Um, you know, for it might be unbeknownst to some of you folks that are newer to gravel. Even like Ted King, who's only been here uh, four years now. This is the 14th <laughs> running of Dirty Kansa. Mm-hmm. Arrow bars uh, have been have been at Dirty Kansa since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, the fields were much much smaller back then, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's something we probably need to consider. Um, but on those long lonely stretches of um, exposed, desolate Flint Hills roads, yes, um, they are a lifesaver to many, and many uh, make the argument that um, they are responsible users. Of the arrow bars. I get that. It is, um, and it's not the lame aspect. It is the safety, which we're talking about here yeah. with a mass start. And there are uh, uh, there are at times crashes with folks who have arrow bars. You don't want to be prodded and stabbed by yeah. one of them things. No, you don't. Um, that said, I don't, you say it's a lifesaver. If you're going to finish DK, whatever the distance, arrow bars will not make or break. They will enhance mm. your speed. They will enhance your comfort. Sounds like the making of a advertisement for something that I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I don't think that it would make or break. All right. Well, I look forward to thinking more on this. We should have some healthy discussions offline. Indeed. About well, this. Well, the rules just got a little bit longer. Okay, go on. So uh, that's actually um, that was a hot topic last year. We di- we discussed that. Indeed. There's I think it was a, even hotter this year. Yeah. Oh, I mean, hot topic on the pod. Yeah, on the pod last okay. year, and it's still a, it's still a topic of discussion. But there's a there's a new uh, a new drama in the world of gravel. Oh boy! Do you want do you want to earn some cash when you come Ooh. here to Dirty Kansas, and uh, if you were to win or podium, um, do you want to see cash purses in gravel? No, I like racing for. You don't like money. I like money. This I say I enjoy winning money. I will never say no when there's money on the line. I don't think there should be money in gravel. I like racing for super cool one-off items, be it a belt buckle, a cowboy hat. Um, we're looking at at um, methods of cutting down trees, like axes or chainsaws as awards for Rooted Vermont. Yes. Oh, you're giving I, away some secrets there. Yeah. I think... I think it... it detracts potentially well and then oh man not detracts i think it is very cool when there is money because like i said i like winning money but i will not say no to race winnings that come in the form of a check i think the the spirit of gravel is to race for cooler tangible items you want experiences and something you can hang on the wall you want a bottle of wine you want a bottle of local whiskey yeah I uh, I think you what didn't you ask, think? but I'll offer I, I, the opinion. I did just ask. What oh. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> I was talking over you. Um, I think uh, I am not a proponent of cash purses. Uh, I support uh, every promoter's right to make their own decisions uh, for their events, and I, I think uh, you'll see support either way um, if the event is cool. Um, but I love the fact that uh, it's prevalent in gravel that uh, it's not even the trinket I think that you're racing for. I think the trinket gets assigned um, a value, and that value comes from the fact that you know that you're out there for the love of the bike, for the love of the challenge, um, uh, that you're out there pushing your limits, 
And all of that emotion and value gets assigned to that pint glass or that metal or that buckle or whatever that trinket is. Um, because let's face it, you know, a, a, a trinket, whatever that widget may be. I'm wearing my it, trinket. Oh, yes. It's a custom trinket. Yeah. That's the special one for overall champions. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. But uh, I hope that, that people is. continue to ride bikes, period, um, because they love riding bikes. And I think that was a topic of discussion this weekend as we saw um, some paid professionals, as you <laughs> once were, mm-hmm. um, riding at Dirty Kansas. And it was very clear to me that they simply enjoy riding their bikes. Mm-hmm. Which is very funny double-edged sword because there are many, many, many extended periods of time when you're in Dirty Kansas that you hate riding bikes. But it's it's a funny full circle to come back and, and let it digest and settle down and be like... <gasps> All right, that was actually okay. Uh, you know, I think I think it, it's the camaraderie and misery loves company. And, you know, there's so many people out there suffering, suffering, suffering. Not just like, oh, I'm going to put myself, you know, through the ringer by going up this really steep climb. It's like you are going to be out there for hours upon hours upon hours. And you walk around downtown this morning and you see people walking with a limp. They are sore in areas they have not been sore before. Uh, yeah, this is a filthy animal, and <laughs> I can't wait to come back. So is it safe to say there will not be cash purse at uh, Rooted Vermont? That is a very safe bet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're really trying hard to emphasize, not emphasize, we're trying hard to reward everyone. Um, we're calling mullet protocol business up front. Yeah, we want, you know, people are going to come to the event and they want to be competitive and more power to them. And not everybody can be competitive based on their, their speed on the bike or maybe their dexterity, whatever it is, but therefore there's a party in the back. So we want to really focus, you know, having fun at before, during, and after have great rest stops, have some secrets when you're out in the woods and all of a sudden you come upon something pretty darn cool in the middle of nowhere and then have a real kick-ass party at the finish. It's a, it's a summer hoedown in Vermont. Nice. Another question that, uh, that's that been cropped up to us um, recently along these lines is um, the segregation of professional athletes from the amateur athletes. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, um, I love the fact that everyone is, is lining up together, starting on the same start line, male, female, Pro, amateur, fat bike, single speed, gears, whatever your pleasure. Tandem. Tandems. You do have your uh, classifications, Mm -hmm. um, but you're all towing the line at the same time together. And so that does mean that professional athletes um, do receive age group podium awards and such. Um, Do you you feel like uh, the pros should be separated uh, in these mass start gravel events? Um, I love mass start. For the exact same reasons. It's the that camaraderie and energy on the start line is a very special thing. Um, I think that gets really difficult afterwards because what, what classifies a pro versus non-pro? I race in the general pro category. I don't live the pro life of my comrades who finished top five yesterday. Every one of those guys is paid to race a bike. I am supported by the industry to ride a bike. Um... I, I been there, done that. I, I carboload with beer and I recover with cheese and I don't have a coach and don't do intervals and, and I just love riding a bike. Um, 
point being, I think the segregation, as you described, I think segregation in general is bad. So let's just mass start this stuff. Let's do it. Yeah, buddy. Uh, we were talking earlier about, I, I accused you of being a copycat, and I want to make it very clear that um, I couldn't be more stoked. Dirty Kansas was not the first gravel event, far from it. Um, Dirty Kansas has always borrowed and evolved um, with the help of other events and other promoters, mm-hmm. and I fully support all of us uh, collaborating, conversating, and working together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I would be curious, um, for my for my own knowledge, um, are there some some certain things that you see at Dirty Kanza that you say you know, this is something I'd I'd like to incorporate in Vermont? Certainly not 200 miles, because we have <laughs> the same amount of climbing in 85 miles as Ooh. as you guys are banging out. You in, are in the mountains. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, we we really want to take aspects because Laura and I are, are lucky enough to experience so many different events. Um, we want to grab the best aspects of each. Um, so, yeah, I mean, racing for a priceless trinket that is a belt buckle, something very cool like that. Mass start. Um, the energy that you guys have rest stops, have at rest stops. By the way, I would recommend three next year. Um, oh. And I've heard that around, just throwing it out there. Two was arduous, and certainly the weather did not help, but that would be a Recommendation, bring back the third. And, it, and it's another way to have that fun camaraderie among the support staff. Because I remember Lauren Colin thinking like, well, what are we supposed to do for the next many, many hours, five hours? Um, big one, real big one that we have, we've chatted about briefly in the past. Self-nav. Mm. You guys have done a great job doing self-nav. We did a podcast with Peter Vollers of Vermont Overland, and he, he has very poetic response to what self-nav is all about. Which, again, brings in the community. It is the camaraderie. It is riding along in a group and somebody's, you know, cycling computer has died. So you got to talk to the person next to you. If you're at the front of the group, you got to point out, hey, we're going to turn left up here. Or if there's some confusion, you're going to end up having to talk. Literally talking on the bike is a huge aspect. Sign pollution. I don't know if you know this, but Vermont, we are proud that we do not have any billboards. So Mm. it makes for a beautiful state. With signs, you get the risk of sign sabotage. So... We really like the aspect that you guys have here of self-nav. There are a lot of gravel events that are that are still marking courses. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I, I support uh, promoters' uh, rights to make that choice. But uh, some folks might not realize uh, it. Well, in some people's eyes, they might might see this as a step backwards. We saw it as a step forward. We used to mark the Dirty Kansas course. Hmm. In addition to handing out maps and cue sheets, we would mark every corner. Um, a very tedious job for 200 miles. Uh, Flint Hills cornering. Yeah. There's and, a lot uh, of them. Yeah. Left, right. Yeah. Left. What we right. found, though, was that uh, we would promise them that the course markings went up. We could not promise them that they would stay in place. Over the course of 200 miles, we did not have the ability to monitor said course before sending the athletes out. And uh, inevitably, uh, someone would tamper with said course markings. And instead of uh, navigating off of map and cue sheet, self-nav, like we had uh, encouraged them to do, they became to rely on those course markings. And lo and behold, dozens upon dozens of riders would blow through a corner where um, some unruly character had uh, sabotaged uh, said markings. And so I think it was 2014. We just had this discussion recently. 2014, I believe, was the first year we actually um, took away the course markings. We're using GPS um, files along with maps and cue sheets. And um, 
Oh, Tyler is doing the dirty over here. It's the advantage of podcasting outside. Yo, the world yes. is our oyster. The world <laughs> is our studio, and people walking by will dance. But, uh, Ted, an interesting thing happened when we took away the course markings. And we gave people the GPS and the maps, and they had to rely on themselves. They did not get lost. And uh, we, to this day, I do not hear any complaints about uh, the difficulty of navigating the course. I think the, the technology certainly aids as that improves. But So, yes, I, I think self-nav, absolutely. Excellent. Well, we're fans. Sign pollution, sign sabotage, down with those things. Let's be self-reliant and figure out where the heck we're going. Or just be there for the bro bro of it and go get lost. <laughs> Um, yeah, those are, those are key features that you guys have done a really good job here of, of having inherent in your event. So those are key aspects we want to take away. Well, I absolutely hope to get the chance to come up to Vermont. Yes. Um, take a look at your event. It was implied that you're invited. What are you doing the first weekend in August? Um, I don't know. Well, hopefully you're in Vermont. Goodness gracious. Well, we'll see about making that happen. All right. It's uh, it's stunning. It'll be, I mean, as I complain about the weather, the the, the heat here, it's going to be hot. It'll be very toasty. Uh, the humidity is definitely a thing. That'll be a, an aspect. But we have swimming holes and maple creamies. If you've never had a maple mm. creamy, which I imagine you haven't, because have you been to Vermont? I have been to Vermont. We've talked about. That. I once lived in the Catskills. Yes, sir. Of uh, New York State. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, well, come on back. Have you had I, a maple creamy then? I have not, though. Okay. Whew. That is uh, well, unbeknownst like to me. It's kind of like not going to Vermont if you've never had a maple creamy. Oh. I, I rode the Kingdom Trails, so I figure that, oh. does that make up for a little bit? Except for a great okay. deal. You're 99% back in Vermont. Okay. <laughs> I need to earn my Vermont cred yes, sir. back. Oh, I thought I saw more maple syrup. Oh. Oh, uh, Tim can fill it up. Oh, perfect. I can't believe you, Tim. <laughs> he conspired. Uh, yeah. Um, what you got any more brain busters? Um, I just wanted to note for the viewers, um, listeners. Yeah, the listeners now at this viewers. point, viewers at home. Um, I discovered that you were one year my senior. Really? There's there's no question about that. I just want to point it out. To the day or anywhere remotely uh, close to roughly it? Roughly okay. one year. And uh, are you an Aquarius? Uh, I'm a Leo. Oh, what's up, Leo? Let's let's dive into that a bit. Okay, I don't actually. No, oh, I don't know about anything these about. It. Okay. All right. I thought you were going to tell me about how we are uh, uh, meant to clash yeah. and would always be at odds <laughs> with one another. Uh, no, I don't know anything about those. What do they call them? <laughs> Signs. Uh, yeah. Something. Something. Okay. Yep. One year your senior. Thirty. You're thirty-five. I am. I was 35 last year when we podcasted. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fun facts. Fun facts. Time waits for nobody. So uh, what more can you tell us about Rooted Vermont? What kind of... So so you, you were talking about the course here at Dirty Kanza. Mm -hmm. I think most of the folks know by now um, it's, it's a little atypical gravel here in uh, the Flint Hills. What is what is the dirt like? What is the the gravel road situation of Vermont? Because when I was up there, I was on trails uh -huh. and I did not experience the gravel. Terrific question. So your gravel here, I would I, I would divide it into two areas. Similarly, how I will divide up Vermont's gravel. You have 
the fast stuff that clearly has a whole lot of uh, vehicular traffic, and it still has small granules of stone and rock. When I say small, I'm talking marble size, but you can hum along on it in a pretty good clip. And then you have the really loose stuff, which are big rocks the size of baseballs, softballs, fists. That stuff's nuts. Um, we have, in Vermont, more gravel roads than there are paved, and we don't have stones, so it ends up being like this this highway, super smooth highway of gravel. And it's not even gravel. It's just, uh, it's like hard packs, crazy fast. And then we have class four roads, which are very, not very, they are simply unmaintained, generally historic roads, really old roads that allow you to get from point A to point B. Uh, those are beat up. That's where you have the water crossings. That's where you have uh, enormous rocks. That is where you have your dismount sections. So, by and large, I think our course will be fast on the gravel. The elevation changes will slow you right down. Mm-hmm. The We have much more tree coverage. So, your exposure here is uh, a beast, which is why you see a lot of people in the finishing 30 miles of the race sitting in the 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 respite of some shade of a tree, whereas most of our course will be shaded. And, yeah, there you have it. Some folks would have liked some shade. And so what about the the actual soil content itself? Because you're going to get on some dirt roads, I imagine, uh-huh. along with the gravel. Uh-huh. Um, that's a, a nightmare for folks here in Kansas because it is, it's not dirt, it's clay. It's okay. pottery, yes. basically. <laughs> and so if you'd like to uh, be able to throw your bike in the kiln when you finish down a mud road, uh, you would certainly be able to at, at Dirty Kansas. Um, but that's not really the situation up there, is it? No. The Class 4 roads... On a wet day, that's where you get your bike muddy, but then you take a hose to it or your hand and you wipe it right off. Here, you're right. You have uh, what resembles peanut butter that builds up on your bike so that your wheels are, are impossible to spin. Um, yeah, we don't have those things. Mm. Come on out. It's beautiful. I need to. So bring bring the climbing legs really is what you're saying to folks. <sighs> that is... A high suggestion. We have Ansel here filming who's nodding aggressively. He, (laughs) Noah Toutfest, who rode today, owner of a local bike shop in Vermont, and Ansel and I went for a bike ride um, to check out some of the course. Uh, This was earlier in the spring. We've had a very long spring, much like you've had here. It was snowy. It was muddy. It was very beat up. And speaking of getting beat up, Ansel got beat up on that ride. He was... Ansel... Ansel has only ever beat me in bike ride races, and we beat the crap out of him on that ride. <laughs> he wasn't ready for the climbing. Um, climbing legs, your party pants, and a thirst for fun. Those are the things you need. So so naturally, I want to push myself. I want to continue to push myself. I find myself uh, pushing in a different arena, uh-huh. and it's less on the bicycle, Okay, um, but I still enjoy pedaling. Um, 84 miles of umpteen feet of elevation, uh-huh. um, sounds a bit out of my comfort zone right now. Okay. I mean, how, pro- I how probably need to suffer. 45 but... miles of 4,500 feet of climbing. Sound. Okay. Okay. So there are options for, are options. for a fellow like myself. Yes, sir. Bob. And Ansel. So he doesn't um, have to suffer so much. <laughs> and it's the same. If you ride the, I think you probably do the same thing right here. If you ride the 45, you will ride the, the 
the not the identical. You will ride the same roads that the 85 will do. The 85 just happened to do a 40 mile detour and then come back. So you, you don't feel like you're missing much. You still get a okay. phenomenal ride. Class four roads, breathtaking views, and you're in it for the maple creamy and exceptional beer feast party. So for, with your registration, one thing we do um, that we're very proud of is we've teamed up with Justin Walker, who is an award-winning chef who's bringing his whole team, and we're going to, like, can I read you the menu? Please. Time out. Time in. Okay, he texted me this uh, Friday, April 5th. Hey, Ted, how does this meal sound? Maine salmon poke bowls with Danielle's, that's his wife, Danielle's heirloom tomatoes, black vinegar, Carolina Reaper koji broth. We'll also have Maine short grain rice, wood-fired sugar kelp-wrapped beef coulee, powders whole jerk chicken, foil roasted salt potatoes, Zach's corn on the cob, goat's mm. feta, barbecue chips aioli, green bean salad, sherry vinegar, shallots, and lovage. Watermelon salad, serrano chilies, yogurt, lemon verbena. Hey, what do you think? Will people want dessert? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what the what? Is so this then he's going to make, he's is... making an untapped maple trace leches cake. Oh, um, sold right there. Uh, we also have plain chicken for kids and plain watermelon. <laughs> Smart. Uh, we have exceptional beer, craft hard cider from Shaxbury. We have Lawson's beer, Shaxbury cider, um, um, Srammy's maple creamies, and that feast. So that is the award. That is the that is the reason people are pedaling really hard. Well, and as as we know, I need to experience a creamy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, you know that was an impressive uh, meal list there. Indeed. Um, but all I could hear was Zach's corn on the cob, and I couldn't help but think how how do I get my name on corn on the cob? Come to New England. We'll name corn after you. Okay. Or just next year we're going to show up. It's going to be like, hey, everybody, we're racing for Leland's corn. You just got to have a better spring because there's no corn here. Well, we bring wheat. I can bring wheat from the wheat basket here in Kansas. Perfect. Yeah. Get some wheat. Bring it to the local Grange, whatever uh-huh. you do. Grind it up. Make a loaf of bread. And be like, Leland's loaf. Leland- <laughs> Leland's loaf. Just drop it off. Just drop your loaf. <laughs> we are digressing. On that one. And I actually had sleep. You're just punch drunk with tiredness and maple syrup. Well, that is correct. I do, I I don't know how we're doing on time, but I I have a question for you. Please. Um, Because this is a topic I want to bring up and I was very proud of uh, from our event this year. And um, I was certainly, I certainly attempted to talk about it pre-event. They were kind of removed from the festivities, so it was a little known that was going on. Um, But we had peddling mines here this Mm -hmm. year. And for those that don't know, uh, former pro cyclist Mike Friedman, uh, along with Danny Pate. I know Danny is uh, on his board and uh, assist to a great deal. And uh, they were in town uh, with Pedaling Minds, their nonprofit, which aims to teach kids how to ride bikes. And I have been aware of, of how really big of a problem this is because kids are not being taught to ride bikes, um, as I'm sure... Uh, you grew up riding a bike for recreation and transportation, much like I did. That is not the case. Kids are not riding their bikes to schools. They're not riding them down to the parks. Um, they're simply not learning to ride. They're not getting the confidence. And I, I really, this is probably more just a, a shout out and a plug more than anything. Um, as an event promoter, if there are event promoters listening, um, get Pedaling Minds to your event. 
I have had repeated emails and messages um, with from parents just over the moon. Um, they're kids that went from training wheels, and 90 minutes later, those training wheels were thrown in the dumpster, and the kid never looked back. Kids that didn't want to touch the bike, and now their parents can't get them off of them. Um, and this was just over the course of 90 minutes to four-hour clinics. And I really believe, collectively... Um, the high school thing is great, and that's got a lot of traction, and that's steamrolling. But I think we even need to go um, a few rungs lower on the ladder and uh, attack attack it where uh, we can get our, our hooks into them. Teach these kids the skills to make them confident, because I think that's the number one factor probably. Um, kids just simply aren't getting the confidence on the bike. Um, and uh, clinics like this, take advantage of them if they're uh, in your area. Uh, because this is how we can get more, not only more youth on bicycles, more high school participation, but more adults enjoying a lifelong healthy activity. So uh, if there's a question in there. I'm going to just drop the mic because yeah. that was exceptional. Um, <laughs> I Are there any not, ambitions in year one uh, to promote some youth cycling? We, I wanted to. Well, okay. What I was going to say is I got into cycling and collegiate cycling. And I think that that community, that was, that was very invaluable because you can have as much fun or competition as you want. NICA began after my time. So the high school mountain bike league is thriving. And that is such a cool uh, avenue for people who aren't into traditional team sports. And, and perhaps they never will be. Or perhaps they are. And, you know, they play football one season or out of the high school league another. Um Cycle Kids is another group, even one rung lower, akin to Pedaling Minds. Um, also in New England, we have Seacoast Velo Kids. So yes, exactly to your point. I know Mike Friedman. I know Danny Pate. The program that they have going on is absolutely incredible out there in Boulder, and then they're, they're expanding. Um, definitely check all of those out. The I say the bicycle can save the world if we give it enough time, if we have enough patience. And it scares me because I certainly... At the, at the rate we're going, I don't think we do, but it'll cure health evils, traffic evils, and then the, the bicycle vehicular animosity will be eased if there's more education, if, if that parent, if the adult who's going to honk and drive you off the road is, is now thinking, oh, you know what, that could be my cousin, that could be my kid, um, that, those, those personal relationships are invaluable. Um, little Bella's. Another wonderful program. They are located, uh, they are the base of the Cochrane Ski Area, the home of uh, Rooted Vermont. And we, we really like and endorse the values that they have going on. Um, what we are doing with our proceeds, we are going to give it to uh, the Cochrane Ski Area to help build and maintain trails, especially um, a basically a youth skills clinic area so that kids can not only get on a bike and ride it, but immediately be learning the skills. Um, that's that's what we've learned, and I hear from, from Leanne Save Davison, Davison, who started Little Bells, is from a young age, these kids are so uninhibited. So it's not like you go up to a rock and say, okay, be careful, don't hurt yourself. Like These kids just go and send it. So from the youngest ages, they're learning how to ride at a level that, that far surpasses those of us in a previous generation. But I'm bumped. I think uh, you you uh, shared some fears there. It was very brave of you to uh, admit. But I, I I'm kind of with you. I think there is a, a long uphill battle with um, 
reestablishing cycling with our youth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would issue a challenge to the listeners out there. Um, it starts with the community, and I think we we tend to look at the big picture and get intimidated by that. When in reality, we just simply have to take the first step in front of us, which is get something going in your own town. Um, if you think you have uh, the skills to teach young ones how to ride a bikes, whether that be the actual cycling skills, which <laughs> would be nice, but also the temperament and patience, um, both of which it would require, um, serve in that way or, or work with organizations that exist. And we have seen an extraordinary change in Emporia over the last um, I'd say 14 years because that's how old Dirty Kansas is, but that's really not even the truth. It's probably the last eight years. Um, in the early years of DK, it was a pretty quiet deal. But if it can happen in Emporia, Kansas, in a flyover state in the in the pl- middle of the plains, um, it can happen anywhere. It's fly two state, man. You guys have put this place oh, on the map. Oh, man. On the map. This is the second time this year I've flown into Kansas City Airport. I did the Epic 150 which is followed by a three-hour drive to get down to the Lake of the Ozark. Um, and then I came back, what, just a month and a half later. I love it here. I love the airport. I love small airports, really easy mm. to get around, but mm-hmm. that thing is long overdue for an upgrade, which I hear you're getting. Yeah. Beautiful. Very simple airport. Come on, folks. Come to Kansas City Airport, get in a car, drive to Emporia. Mm-hmm. Which is HQ of all things gravel. You will find that uh, it is not just a show, Dirty Cans, a weekend. Uh, if you could not make it out here on that particular weekend of the year, get to uh, the Flint Hills uh, of eastern Kansas and simply ride. I'd recommend coming to Emporia. It is the capital, the epicenter of Flint Hills gravel. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, it is a fly-to state. I'm going to use that from now on. Right. I, th- I always thought fly-over state, which a lot of people in Kansas use that term. And I feel it's very dismissive. It's like, very insulting. It's so beautiful out here. Come on out. Okie doke. Well, Leland, now that it's, what, 10, mm-hmm. 30 or something, do you plan to, to, like, take a nap and sleep for most of the day? Or is this kind of a um, um, a jet lag thing where you just got to push through and stay awake one more day? We're going to push through a little bit until um, mid-afternoon, early evening probably. Oh, wow. Um, the crew is probably over there working as I sit here playing, um, <laughs> playing, playing radio with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to go check in and, uh, see what's left to do there. Um, yeah, the, uh, the task of the race promoter is a difficult one. That is not an attempt to pat my own back. Um, the dirty cans, team is an extraordinary one. And this year, with the acquisition we had uh, last fall from Lifetime, it became a larger team. Um, And these are professionals who share the same passion and enthusiasm um, that our local Dirty Kansas team always has for producing um, amazing, life-changing, transformative experiences for athletes. And uh, I would be very remiss if I didn't make the world very known that... um, Dirty Kansas happens and exists for so many reasons. Um, we know the community is amazing, um, but oftentimes the full breadth of the, the crew doesn't get acknowledged. Um, so I hope, I hope, Ted, um, because you, you're at 400, you're looking to add another 100, mm-hmm. 500 partisan event is a pretty big one. In fact, that's kind of a threshold. You're going to be starting out at a threshold that most people say, okay, 500 is pretty legit. Where are we going to take this thing from here? So, truth. 
Yeah, we're we're ecstatic. I mean, you guys have built something enormous that started at 34 people. Now you're at what 3,400? It seems. Um, so yeah, we're excited. We have we have been very thankful to the race promoter community. Um, so thank you for being part of it and setting the precedent and and. Yeah, I've done conversations with you twice now with Christy. I've never actually talked to Jim on the mic, and he oh, has a goodness. sultry voice. Yes. So we're going to get on the mic with Jim here shortly, too. Uh, he has a face for radio, as he likes to say. <laughs> or maybe Perfect. I'm the one who says that to him. <laughs> Diss. <laughs> um, all right, check it. Leland, I wish you a wonderful rest of the day, wonderful rest of the however long period until I see you next. Thanks for taking the time, and thanks for making me look good in the syrup checking competition. Anytime. Thank you, Ted, for having me. Um, thank you to all that came to Emporia this weekend. I want to thank Leland one more time for taking the time the day after Dirty Kanza, the most exhausting day of his life. But he is he's always chipper. He is always up for it. Leland, thanks very much. I may not have won DK 2019 to repeat for my 2018 victory. But I did win the syrup chugging competition, and let's be honest, that's the crowning jewel of the weekend. Hi, kid. Congrats go out to Colin. Congrats go out to Amity Greg on taking the women's victory and all riders over the weekend. It is such a challenge. Just lining up is a huge accomplishment, and I am entirely serious about that. I want to thank all my sponsors. Cannondale, SRAM, Zip, Roca Eyewear, Velocio Apparel, Renee Harris Tires, and the amazing team at Ingamba Tours for their support. I love competition, but honestly, I just love riding a bike. Their support is invaluable, so whether I'm going to a race or going to a ride, I can't do it without them. Thank you guys very much for making this dream a reality. Thanks to my amazing wife for being pit chief at DK. Laura, you're amazing. Additional thanks go out to Colin and Keith for being my mechanics at DK. Colin for, for mechanic chief of state. He has done it so many times, done it so well. And lastly, to John Summerford for all the work he's done from the very beginning of King of the Ride, editing these files, making them into a listenable podcast. Thank you very much, John. Lastly, folks, if you enjoy this podcast, hitting subscribe is a very powerful tool, giving it a five-star rating and even leaving a quick sentence or two about what you might like about it. Those quick tips help spread the word, boost this pod, and get it more listeners. That is it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of great episodes coming down the pike soon. So until next time, please enjoy the ride.